I can't believe I'm doing this with my pants off. Test one, two, test one, two. Check, 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 check. Ladies and gentlemen, this is The Vocal Minority with Nick and Steve. Nick Reynolds, Steve Harness, and Cousin Brewski. The Vocal Minority with Nick and Steve. Take one. Take one, and welcome to the show. It's a vocal minority with Nick and Steve Olabruski. We are back at it for another exciting podcast. Wherever you listen, welcome to the show. Welcome to the Look. show. And by the way, take one, I can never just take one. I take two, three, four. You know what I mean? No, I've seen you take one before, after taking several. You right, know, like it just, it's a maintenance dose. Taking one is a maintenance dose. Am I correct? Right. Well, yeah, let me guess. You take one for your family and two because she left you and three for your loneliness and no. four for your heartache. They're all for me. Yeah, yeah we're <laughs> selfish when it comes to taking one. Okay. You do know where that's from, I'm, I'm, suppo- I'm, I'm assuming. Oh. It's a Violent Femme song. Oh. I know Blister in the Sun. I know that one. I'm not a deep cut guy for Final <laughs> Fantasy. So. Uh, welcome to the show, The Vocal Minority with Nick and Steve Olabruski. See our socials online, thevocalminority.net. And we got a bunch of crap there for you to go check out. Mainly, yeah. Some people find it entertaining. Some people find it uh, quite offensive. So, see what you can't hear. Yeah, there are people that think it's disgusting, you know. Uh, we told Brewski earlier, uh, we got a vote for him on the show this week. <laughs> they singled him out. Uh, we would like guy number three. I'm assuming they're talking about Brewski. Uh, yeah, probably. they were. You were the third guy to appear in that little video clip, and uh, you were going off on small children, and this guy seemed to like <laughs> yeah. You should distinguish that. I mean, what do you mean going off on small children? Uh, going off, not getting off. That'd be <laughs> oh, that's what I thought you said. Now, we were telling a story about uh, some little kid said something hurtful to me, and Brewski was like, yeah. I would tell that little kid <laughs> just, you know. You were yeah. telling them all. Well, if there's guy one that. guy that'll step up and take care of business, it's a Brewski. Inappropriate or not, he's always down. Uh, what are you? Your TCOB? Taking care of business? Oh, yeah. You know it, baby. All the time. Yeah. Right. And speaking of Brewski taking care of business, uh, Brewski put up our first ever billboard in Times Square in New York City. <laughs> Not granted, no. it was a bumper sticker, but it was right on a prominent post, like right there in <laughs> Times Square. It was so cool. And we do have at least one new listener downtown New York City, I will tell Get you. Get out of town! Yes, oh, dude. What did we think about that? Yes, amen! Yes. Can't be Thank you, Lord. <laughs> it had Thank to be you, from Lord. that bumper sticker, dude. I mean, that'd be pretty coincidental, don't you so think? By that logic, print up 10 million of those things and we're in business. We just need 10 million listeners and then we can all retire. I hope, so. I hope they saw <laughs> it. I mean, the, the Times Square sticker would be cool, but it'd be even more cool if they happen to see the stickers I put up on the posts in front of the Fox News building. Right. Hey, maybe Hannity's listening now. I mean, who knows? Maybe, <laughs> <laughs> maybe he's a fan. So. A closet fan. Right. We're bringing the worlds together around here. So there you go. It's a possibility. We need to get more of those stickers made up, Harness, so we can uh, distribute some in California, some in Washington, and yeah. just, you know. I I had a friend in Michigan, Brewski, uh, text me. It was like, send me some of those. I'll stick them up around Ann Arbor. Like, I still have some left over. Uh, I saved some because I have stuff to send you guys in the mail, and I'm going to put them in, in the uh, the packages for you, but I'm trying to save a few more to put up around town. Yeah, well, we could print them some more, but I want one of the original first pressings. That'll be Yeah, I have them set up aside you guys already so yeah <laughs> all right perfect so, yeah. hey yeah. dude do you have your uh original vm t-shirt that you made who who are you talking you about? harness no no i've got some old buzz t-shirts i don't think i have any vocal minority t-shirts i got the original dude that you made out of the uh they were champion brand t-shirts and, and we had like a champion yeah. brand. Right? yes that's yeah. right uh, Maybe in some box, right? But no, not that I'm aware of. So that's, yeah, that's definitely worth money. I can authenticate it for you. So. Oh, perfect. I was cleaning out my closet, dude, and uh, I found that bad boy. And actually, Rachel held it up, and she was like, you want to keep this, right? And I was like, yes, dude. Yes, of course. That's great. Vintage VM. On and on we go. That's right. All right. Everybody ready to go here for the day? Uh, no, anything we need to know? Okay. All right. Let's just do it. Let's <laughs> right. jump in. This is Need to Know News. 
News you need to know. I need to know! He needs to know, and he needs to know now. Before we meet, there's some news you need to know about. I need to know, I need to know now. Needed to know. Need to know. I need some news. I need some news. The news needs to come from me. The news has come. Best news I've heard all day. Okay, everybody, time to shut up and listen. This is Need to Know News. News you need to know. News, 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 news. And that old news chant as we bring on the Paul Harvey of today. Steve Harness. All right. Um, I, we did a decent job avoiding politics last week, but uh, I got a couple I just got to throw out here. I'm going <laughs> to lump a couple in together. So uh, I, we continue to talk in the show about the fact that uh, I have no idea why any of you would still be voting for Donald Trump. I mean, not only did he lose the last election, which means he's probably going to lose again. I mean, the the legal battles, the moral battles. He's come out. We know he's been railing on veterans. You know, the right is always so pro-troops, yet, you know, Trump's uh, disparaging troops and whatnot. So a couple of new things uh, coming out this week. Uh, first of all, I remember, uh, I mean, this may have been a year or two back, uh, one of our radio heroes, Howard Stern, was saying on his show that he's known Trump for years and that he finds it funny that Trump must hate all of his followers, that Donald Trump does not want to associate with these redneck types, you know, no uneducated, poor people like those are his least favorite people. And he said it many times. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Stern had gone on a big rant about that. But now uh, just this week, uh, Olivia Troy, a former aide to ex-vice president Mike Pence, uh, she was on The View (laughs) this week and she uh, detailed the fact that behind closed doors, Donald Trump was, quote, so disparaging of his followers that uh, she was very frustrated that uh, uh, he would say he had nothing in common with these people. He detests them. So. That's another fun note for you Trumpers out there. He doesn't like you. He thinks poorly of you. He thinks you're detestable, worthless human beings who he would never let into Mar-a-Lago or Trump Tower. This is a guy who hates uh, amputees. I mean, this is a guy who literally hates uh, people who have served our country that are uh, missing limbs. He hates them. Let's remember that when Don Jr. was a teenager, but for just prior to going to college, he spoke to Donald and Ivana about possibly joining the army. Right. And he actually was told that if he did that, he would be disowned and completely cut off. Yeah, he didn't uh, He didn't want to be associated with the kind of family that would serve like that. Like, that's for it, poor people, dude. And, and on top of that, by the way, that reporting came from the Washington Times, which is basically the, the print version of Fox News. So right. if they're sharing the story. It's probably I, 10 and, times worse. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, we know he's gone off on Gold Star Families. He's done that before. Uh, of course, Sean McCain, he famously said, you know, I like people that aren't captured. And remember, he wouldn't go and visit the uh, the cemetery in Normandy. Yeah. Right. Yeah, because they were losers. They were losers because they didn't make it home. Right. Mm. So, yeah, Donald Trump looks down his noses at all of you. I I hope you understand that, especially if you're a veteran, especially if you're an injured veteran. But, um, you know, we've been saying on the show for a while now, vote blue no matter who, that uh, this next election is it's really not Democrats versus Republicans. It's good versus evil. Yeah, Yeah. it's just enough already with these uh, third party conversations out there. Uh, We talked an episode back how Arizona's got some new political party. The they call themselves like the no name party or something. Third party, no can you know we're not for Biden or Trump, but you can't do it. You can't split the vote right now. This is not an election to screw with. It is literally good versus evil. And who doesn't love Robert De Niro, right? Uh, Oh yeah, yeah. Well, maybe that's a fact. Uh, That's a fact. You talking to me? Right, exactly. I mean, everyone loves freaking De Niro. I'm sure Trump, being a wannabe New Yorker, I, I'm sure he loves Robert De Niro, who's, you know, who's lived in New York forever. De Niro has uh, famously, you know, for the last five years, I mean, been very vocal about his hate and disdain for Trump. I don't think Trump likes him anymore. Not anymore. But he's one of these sort of cultural icons that uh, the conservatives, the redneck types, I mean, they all love Robert De Niro, too. All sure. Of I mean, so... He's one of that's probably one of the reasons why Trump has spoken out so vehemently against him, because he knows it looks bad to have a, you know, American icon, you know, speaking out against you. So, yeah, Uh, De Niro's back this week and he's got a brand new message. He did a little video thing. His point was his main message. uh, Trump's not bad. He's evil. Well, that's true. Going back to our point here, this is good versus evil. A couple of fun quotes here. Um, 
De Niro, and I won't attempt to do it in a Bobby D voice here, but thank uh, you. He said, uh, <laughs> I don't want to insult him. Thank you. He said, I've spent a lot of time studying bad men. I've examined their characteristics, their mannerisms, yet there's something different about Donald Trump. When I look at him, I don't see a bad man. Truly, I see an evil one. Uh, he's a um, wannabe tough guy with no morals or ethics, no sense of right or wrong, no regard for anyone but himself, not for the people he was supposed to lead and protect. Referencing back to our other story just previous. This is, uh, you know, uh, when Rachel does lawsuits, you know, she goes and hires an expert in the field. Yeah, uh, I would think that this is an expert because, uh, you know, he's a mo- he's studied mobsters like and he's become right. these people. Uh, what's the uh, movie Brewski with uh, him and Nick Nolte where, uh, he, you know, he's a prisoner and he's uh, Nick Nolte's a lawyer. What was that movie? Where's what they were? Oh, you're, you're talking about Cape Fear. Cape Fear, dude. Oh, I mean, that's Katie. yes, that's one of the worst people you could ever get to learn about, know about, and become. Yeah, and you're right. De Niro's one of those actors who likes to study the role and embody the role and all that. Yes. Method acting is what they call uh, that. Although right. I've always noticed Robert De Niro is one of the few actors who's allowed to kind of be the same in every movie. I mean, he's always Robert De Niro, right? He doesn't do different voices or, you know, like. When he played so Max Cady, he kind of got away from him because he was Southern, you know, so yeah, it changed yeah. him a little bit. Mm. But there's always an underlining De Niro in every part. Yeah, yes. he can't get away from it. Yeah. And your point is valid. Yes. He's been uh, observing and studying Trump. And this is, yeah, somebody who's embodied serial killers and murderers and who's like, boy, Trump's different than all those characters. I ever right. studied. This guy <laughs> this is, is true evil. evil. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think we're actually going to break through to any of the Trump supporters, but I'm trying to rally those in the middle and certainly those on the left to not sit this one out, to call your friends and neighbors, your coworkers, tell them this is not the election to sit out, get out there and vote for good versus evil. If you want to vote evil, well, I guess that's on you. But vote blue no matter freaking who. Okay, people. That's all. Uh, Speaking of Stern, did you see that, uh, you know, Stern has obviously, you know, Donald Trump used to be on Stern's show all the time, obviously. And, uh, you know, those shows are notorious for showing what a dirtbag Trump was and or is. And at the time it was made for entertainment. So it was kind of, you know, something people got down with and thought, yeah. well, this guy's outrageous and funny and blah, blah, blah. Uh, well, I mean, Trump, uh, Stern has obviously denounced Trump, uh, you know, over the years and said like, <laughs> terrible uh trump came out and attacked him on true social i don't know if you saw that or not i did not see that yeah he was like you know this howard stern is a has-been you know and you know he just went (laughs) off on him loser loser. this (laughs) guy is past his prime yeah right he used to beg to be on his show (laughs) (laughs) that's hilarious and you guys see a couple weeks ago stern came out and said yeah i'm woke i'm proud to be woke like why Mm. would i want to be asleep at the wheel why do you want to be ignorant of course yeah What's with this negativity attached to being woke? His thought process for for being woke was, you know, well, I guess for people like my brother who are on the Republican side and somewhat conservative as well, yeah. uh, that I I've tried to explain what woke actually means to them. Right. And and I can't seem to do it. It was so simplified. He said, you know what? I think the opposite of woke is being asleep and, you know, closing, like you said, closing my eyes to things and not knowing what's going on around me. That's a great way to describe it for all those people who can't attach themselves to actually what woke means yeah i don't see why it's so hard to define everyone seems to have a hard time woke is being progressive it's being open-minded it's being having empathy for others like uh, what's the big deal uh well i mean the conservative party has painted the definition in a different light where woke means like uh you know uh, i promote being gay i indoctrinate children you know they've changed they've tried to change the definition i think that's where the lines are blurred I think right now they use woke much like they used to use PC. I'm not politically correct. That's right. You you know, that's that's the new the new word now. But then the other problem with that, though, is is that now, unfortunately, because of where woke comes from, from black culture. Mm. Now it's it really kind of shows them for their racism. Oh, hey, my empathy is for a select crowd and it has limits, ladies and gentlemen. That's what they're saying. Like, uh, you know, I'm not it's not for everybody. 
It's no. the latest pinata, the latest punching bag for them. Most of them, as we've seen, can't even define it when asked. It's just a boogeyman that they've been told to lash out against. Exactly. Woke is a joke. And by the way, did you see on the five? Well, what a Gutfeld or what? Whatever. Oh, jeez. Like he went on to how when Howard Stern said he was woke, and he was like, "He can't be woke. I like Howard Stern. I listen to him. How could he be woke? I like him. <laughs> like it. Yeah. It doesn't even compute in their brains that somebody could be like, yeah, being woke is a good thing. It's okay to be progressive. Uh, I guess to them, it's like finding out. I, you know what, dude? It was so funny. My neighbors before Trump was, or or right when Trump was elected president, my neighbors. I mean, I knew them like when I'd walk outside and talk to them across the fence type relationship. Yeah. Uh, but they invited us over and we had just uh, returned home from Europe and they were like, how was the trip? And I was like, oh, gosh, it was this was the most interesting international trip I've ever taken. Uh, you know, the way that people are looking at us Americans are as if we are a joke. I mean, Trump uh, and, you know, I just started bagging on Trump. Yeah. Well, they were not <laughs> reciprocating in the conversation. <laughs> they were just kind of letting me talk. And I thought, oh, they just want to hear what I have to say. I'm brilliant. Right. But that was not the case. No, they, were, <laughs> uh, they never invited us over again and ended uh, up moving. So. Ah, that's funny. Well, good. That, yeah. That's to your advantage. So Exactly. <laughs> You did a neighborhood service there, Nikki. You didn't even know it. Uh, all right. Are you putting something else into that story? Or are you done? I'm good for now. Thank you. All right. Yeah, I'm very confused by the way that you mentioned that, that you're going to put I mashed things. a couple of things together. I've talked about the aid for Mike Pence, and then I went to Robert De Niro. So oh, I thought you were masking two stories together. Well, those were two stories. Separately. No. Like you did last week. I All right. Know. I'm just keeping you on your toes. Pay attention. I will not. We interrupt this broadcast to bring you this. We interrupt our program to bring you a special. You can't make up. We interrupt this program to bring you All the humanity and all the things. The state which will live in infamy. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Need to know news. News you need to know. Diving right in on the uh, Queen of Canada, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Alanis Morissette. Aha, uh -huh, that would be a better queen than <laughs> I'm about to tell you about. I don't know. Have you heard about Celine the Queen Dion? of Canada? <laughs> no, it's not Celine Dion. <laughs> no, uh, I don't know who the Queen of Canada is. Queen of Canada. Her name is Ramona DeDulo. Okay. Uh. Trudeau's ex-wife? No, dude. Okay. It's not Enlighten Trudeau, us. Dude. I need to know this news. All right. The Queen of Canada is a cult uh, or has a cult following behind it. And it's uh, threatening public executions in small towns in Saskatchewan right now. Oh boy. Uh, I will get into all of this because it's kind of a deep story, but the cult that has a following Ram uh, Ramona DeDulo, who claims to be the queen of Canada is threatening violence and public execution in Richmond, the town in the Canadian province of Saskatchewan, where the unhinged, unhinged group has been residing for over the last month i'd never heard of this lady i'm like what is this all about no it isn't saskatchewan kind of in the middle of nowhere too yeah it's actually it's it's um it's right above uh, montana and north dakota actually right just north of timbuktu out in the middle of nowhere there do they hang out in moose jaw that i mean that's that's a really big city there in uh Saskatchewan. Mm, I would assume so, yes. In early October, the Queen's followers sent uh, cease and desist emails calling out several local authorities by name and said if the town did not follow the Queen's decree, they would receive judgment and if found guilty of crimes against humanity or treason, would face publicly broadcast execution. Jeez. So it's the Canadian Taliban. Uh, yeah, there you go. Pretty much. Um, let me see. Let me find where this lady, I can tell you a little She's bit. She's from the about. Philippines. I see that. She emigrated to Canada from the Philippines. Yes. Uh, after being chased out of several towns in Canada, the cult settled in Richmond. One of the uh, followers, uh, this guy, his name is Rick. He says he owns private property that contains the old school in uh, this town and has let them set up shop there 
He said he'd been following her for three years, and she was saying everything he wanted to hear since she had arrived. Uh, he said uh, they've been working like ants to get everything fixed up. In the wake of the threats, the local police in the area have become more alarmed, obviously, and there's a huge police presence there right now because they're making these threats. Uh, this is an unassuming, like Bruski said, a Filipino woman. Uh, she was born in the Philippines. She claims she is the Queen of Canada. According to her official title, it's actually Commander in Chief, Queen, President, and National Indigenous Chief of the Kingdom of Canada. How can she be an indigenous chief if she's not indigenous herself? She's <laughs> oh, splitting hairs. Covering all bases, dude. This is Ramona DeDulo, one of the most prominent Canadian figures in QAnon's short history. Yeah, I was going to say, take one guess who her favorite American politician must be. Uh, Ramona DeDulo is different than many of today's conspiracy and influencers. Uh, influencers. Instead of promoting the theories online, she's attracted a traveling band of followers who are causing trouble across the great white north. And here is her bizarre story. How did they get into this as they uh, start to take the streets? Well... I'll tell you, according to a vice reporting agency, not much is known about her as a person. Dedulo before 2020, she appears to have been a failed entrepreneur who moved from the Philippines as a girl. She told her uh, followers uh, to get them going like uh, I come from a bad background where when I moved to the U.S., I owned a nail salon. It went under and I was then homeless. Then I came up with these ideas. She got into politics in 2020 as the only member of the uh, Canada First Party shortly after she started saying she was the queen. But it was only after a well-known QAnon influencer vouched for her claim that she became extremely popular online. She kept getting bigger by threatening violence against politicians and people giving out the COVID-19 vaccine. It sounds like she's milking the gullible masses to create a little career niche to make money off the, you know, like Hannity's doing, like Trump's doing, like all of those types. 100%. I mean, she's definitely riding some coattails of crazy. Um, You know, this reporter says her ideas are slippery. I would say so. She mixes far-right QAnon conspiracies about Donald Trump getting rid of the elite cabal of child abusers with New Age philosophy. She even claims to be an extraterrestrial leader and healer. I mean, uh, she's she's covering all bases here. That's the most believable thing you've told me about her so far. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah well, that's probably well, true. I see that uh, she and 30 of her followers try to take over the headquarters of the Peterborough, Ontario police. I mean, this sounds like a Waco in the making, some little cult that's going to take over a town or a government building, like you're saying. And then She's it, been uh, compared to that. Really? Well, yeah. I, I will say this. Peterborough Mayor Diane Tarion, she is she gets the, the, the hero award because she said to these people, F off, you F wads. Yeah, they just need to do something egregious enough that uh, Trudeau or whatever local mayor or whatever can go in there and shoot them, arrest them, whatever <laughs> needs to happen, like Waco, you know. Violence yeah. is a key part of her philosophy. Shoot to kill anyone who tries to inject children under the age of 19 years old with a coronavirus 19 vaccine, bioweapons, or any other vaccine. Shoot to kill. And these uh, followers that she's got lined up and are living with her, uh, I mean, they're showing to be loyal. This definitely sounds like a terrorist group at this point, you know? Interesting. I almost want them to evade America uh, just so we can go, hey, look, it's not just the southern border we need to protect. We got a bunch of crazy Canadians now trying to break in here and be terrorists. So. She does funny stuff, dude. Well, I mean, it's funny to me. Uh, the Queen of Canada had this convoy going. Remember when all those truckers were uh, doing the big convoy? Uh, she tried to get this whole thing together where, you know, she would become a part of that. And it worked. She had a bunch of people that uh, came up and wanted to be a part of her group of only for a short time. She had them rent out rooms, uh, hotel rooms, uh, in case Putin was going to drop by the event. She oh. had many people 
uh, rent $300 a night rooms that just, you know, obviously remained empty because she said Putin is coming. It's hilarious. <laughs> I don't know if I want her to keep bilking these gullible idiots or, uh, yeah, if someone needs to throw her ass in jail, that's... You want to know what's even more odd about her having followers is she's obviously uh, controlling and manipulative, but she is to her followers as well. The queen treats her followers, uh, followers very poorly, subjecting them to busy work, making them. Oh, let me put this on and see if she you know what this is. her followers. Where have we heard that on the show already? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. Let's see if uh, either of you know this. Well, that's hot for teacher about him. Uh, she makes all of her followers listen to this on repeat for hours at a time. Bony M. Rasputin. Is this an earworm? What is this? Song? I don't think it's an earworm. It's a song that's made to drive people crazy. Brainwash. You know, you know what this sounds like? This sounds very much like the, the music that they put underneath uh, those, like, Hezbollah um, training videos where they oh, show yeah. them like, running obstacle courses yeah. and, and, and you know doing the, the, the monkey bars and yeah, stuff like that. Sure. And, I was going to say, when I call my Indian restaurant here in town, I get put on hold, I hear this music. It may be part it's of got, it. It sounds kind of Punjabi, which is not Middle Eastern, but yeah. <laughs> we'll see how long that she lasts, but for now she has traction. Her followers, she has asked them all to stop paying their bills because the banking system is fake <laughs> uh, and the debt would eventually be forgiven. Wow. They've started already. They've stopped paying bills. So I, I blame Trump for all of this crap. I mean, I know Trump wasn't the first authoritarian in history, but he's in the modern era taking it to a whole new level that your Putins and whatnot can never dream of. So now you got people like this up in Canada. 100%. Sorry, Canada. I, I, that's, this is our fault. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to see what Justin Trudeau does about it, dude. Yeah. Well, that's uh, interesting. I have this theory. I think we should do an alternate show. I, the silent majority or something. And just, we should just play conservatives. I guarantee you it would take off those 10 million followers I was talking about earlier. We could, yeah. if we just played this role like these people do. Do you think you could, uh, do you think you could actually do it? That's a great question. I've pondered that before. I mean, you know, Stephen Colbert was famous for when he first took over after the uh, Daily Show with Jon Stewart. It, it was a fake show. It was modeled after Bill O'Reilly. Right. And yeah, he played a conservative. And every now and again, you could even see him kind of break character and laugh at his own things he was trying to spew. and Wince. Yeah. Yeah, we may have to edit out some of our laughter and whatnot, but I'm telling you, these people are so gullible. They want to hear. They want to be preached to. The choir wants the preaching to. It's why it's why conservative media works and liberal, quote unquote, media does not. We liberals don't need to be preached at. But the conservatives, because they know in their heart they're wrong. But they sure. hear it articulated well by a Hannity or a Limbaugh, and they're like, "Oh, well, that's well, they smart always, man on the TV." Feels like they that. always say that Democrats fall in love, conservatives fall in line. Yeah, you mean they're sheep, Brewski? Is that what you're saying? I believe, I believe what the, they just do what they're told. That's all. Yes. Uh, in this story, they're mooses, not sheep. Meat. Yeah. Mooses. Exactly. Ah, meese. Right, Brewski. I think it's moose. I don't know. I think I think it is still moose. It's yeah, not. I think meese is not. It's not. No. Uh, that is true. Uh, I'll tell you. <laughs> I, I would. I mean, I'll bet money on it. It's I call meese. them mooses. So look at all the mooses. Rachel just got back from can or uh, from Alaska, dude. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Plenty of people up there talking about the meese. Sure Be careful, uh, but but technically, according to Grammarly, the plural of moose ten is just that moose. Moose, yeah. What is the plural of moose? Does it end in an S, rhyme with geese, or not change at all? The answer is the only correct plural of moose is moose. Mooses. Who's no, who's that no, with, no dude? Who's your source? <laughs> Grammarly. Oh, dude. Hey, give news. me something reputable here, Brisky. <laughs> Seriously, okay, bro. If goose or geese, then why aren't mice meese, right? Just like mooses. Do. Mice are not meese, dude. Oh, I said if goose or geese, then mice should be meese, right? That's no. What, I didn't come up with that one. That was, well, it should terrible. be. if you're I, The English language is just so inconsistent. That's the point of that little. Well, of course it is. Brisky, come on. This is Need to Know News. <laughs> news you need to know. Start the news chant, please. Come on. News, 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 news. So there you go. Peace. Oh. Come on. <laughs>
All you, this, Brucey. Okay. I'm, usually you guys play a little entry for me. So, oh. uh, sorry. This one's that. a crazy Brewski. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's time for another Brewski. This one is a crazy Brewski. It's Pavlov. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so uh, we talk about all these people that are following the Queen of Canada and people who are following Hannity and all the rest of them who yes. just don't think for themselves. Yeah, don't I'm seem bringing, to realize they're in a cult. Yes, I'm bringing you stories, uh, a story here of something positive oh. uh, for the future, the youth yeah. of the, the the youth going forward. At least one kid in particular, and that is Mister Quinn Mitchell, who is 15 years old from Walpole, New Hampshire. He's a staple at New Hampshire political events. He was escorted out of a political event held by the state Republican Party on Friday because they actually accused him of being, quote, a Democratic operative. And he was escorted out by police, wasn't he? He sure was. Yeah. And by the way, so what if he is a Democratic operative, quote unquote? So he's there with an agenda at a political meeting? He's he's going to these these things, these events, and he's asking really good questions. Nice. Got some yeah, examples? he asked Ron DeSantis, do you believe that Trump violated the peaceful transfer of power? Mm-hmm. And that that actually got him thrown out of there. <laughs> wow. wow. DeSantis it does a really good job of not letting any real media ever ask him questions. For sure. I'm sure he probably thought this 15-year-old was safe and would ask about Teletubbies or whatever kids are into nowadays. They, so. they've, they've called him, uh, the New Hampshire Republican Party have called him a disturbance who had to be removed. <laughs> yeah. With all of his free thinking ideas and questions. And he was detained at a 4th of July event by the, by the DeSantis campaign. His uh, stormtroopers basically detained the kid because the kid wanted to ask him a real question. And if you've seen this kid, I mean, this is uh, uh, Wally Cleaver. I mean, he's, he's just so prim and proper and like polite. And yeah, I mean, he's not there causing trouble. He's there asking real questions. So hilarious, because I always hear Republicans admonish the youth of America. Uh, but then when one of them becomes politically active and shows up, then they want him arrested. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, I, and the, the, you know what it is? is they fear the, the new generation because they knew, know the new generation sees through all of their garbage. They're not buying what their parents and what their grandparents have been suckered into by the the Republican Party. Well, that's why it's so easy for people like that to, uh, you know, be hoisted up onto their shoulders and celebrated like, uh, you know, Tommy Lauren, when she first took off, you know who I'm talking about? Yeah, mm-hmm. Tommy Laren. Yeah, the uh, yeah. The, uh, the walking um, clothing allowance, as Charlie Pierce calls her. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, yeah, I mean, when she first started, uh, she just st- took off like a wildfire because, you know, she can cover the topics for sure. But she was saying all the right things for for the conservative party. You know, yeah. she was being racist without being overtly racist and then she started just being overtly racist but yeah. she could uh you know fight it and back it up well she's racist barbie basically and yeah that's that right kind of stuff she's a good-looking blonde with racist opinions i mean that's a conservative dream come true right there <laughs> yeah. and this kid brewski's talking about i mean it, it fits right in line whenever there's a rising liberal star the conservative side just freaks out on a on an AOC or a Pete Buttigieg or even Hillary Clinton back in the days. I mean, she was branded a liar, 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 liar over and over for years and years and years because they yeah. eventually she'd run for president. And, and it worked, by the way. You know, back in 2016, there were college kids saying, oh, Hillary's a liar. What does she lie about? I don't know. I've just been hearing that forever. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Yeah. Yeah, They just beat it into him. This uh, you mentioned to me a couple of weeks ago, maybe that you've been watching videos from David Pakman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, This is another guy that I can't believe hasn't completely exploded because he's uh, he's a younger dude. I mean, he's probably a little younger than we are. And uh, he's got great ideas, but already the conservative party just hates him. I see him get more attention from the conservative side of things than the liberal side of things. Yeah, yeah. I had never heard of him, and now I'm seeing him everywhere. And uh, seems like a smart, well-spoken dude. Uh, and not to keep referencing Howard Stern, but Howard Stern gave the guy a plug. That's where I was like, "Oh, really? He's this big, huh?" I'm like, geez, it's true. Yeah. So no, he's a smart dude, and uh, he's charging six bucks a month for followers, and seems to be doing okay. So. 
Yeah. Have us on your show, Dave. <laughs> yes, please. Bring us. Brewski would love to talk to you about uh, beating children when they act up and how to do it in a liberal way. Yeah. No, I see. That's the one thing. You got no, any other uh, good uh, anecdotes from this kid? Yeah, the, there's a bunch. There's some stories here where he was walking along. Um, this was at a parade uh, on the fourth, and the kid was walking along, trying to um, ask him a question. And some of DeSantis's um, campaign staff, and also somebody from his pack. There's actually a video of it. Um, of them grabbing his shirt and and yanking him back and bo- and bodying him and pushing him away Jeez, from DeSantis. A minor, by the way, hello. Yeah. yeah, save the children, dude. Save right. the children. Isn't that funny? They're abusing a child when all of their conspiracy theories seem to be based on uh, abusing well, children and the pizza dungeons and whatnot. You know? Well, and but the, here's the other thing too: is that he's not just asking. Republicans hard questions. Whenever any politician, national politician, comes to New Hampshire, he he asks questions. That's he, right. And tough ones. He went he went to Amy Klobuchar to ask her about the Mueller investigation, and you know Did she, she have him arrested and beaten. No, although I mean, <laughs> you know she's you know she, by the way she's actually famous, and, and I'm gonna tell a story here that may not make paint her a Democrat in the right right light, but whatever. She actually gives tardy slips to staffers who show up to the office late. In fairness, those tardy slips are printed on hemp. It's a very liberal thing. <laughs> yeah, they're sustainable. Right. Well, so so my main, my main point on that is that he he doesn't he doesn't just go at Republicans with hard questions. Any politician he encounters, because to him he'd say in the articles he says I'm into politics and I need to ask the right questions no matter what party that they belong to. I think it's yeah. great. Here's your homework assignment. See if we can get this twerp on our show. <laughs> <laughs> Quinn Mitchell? He's probably got more followers than we do at this point. So. Yeah, probably. I would, honestly, I would love to talk to a 15-year-old who's politically savvy and smart and motivated enough to show up at these kind of things and get called out like that. That's freaking awesome. I mean, he, he, went, he, he went and asked Chris Christie questions and didn't even back down from them. And, Chris, and Christie actually answered his question, didn't dodge him. And, and Christie just kind of smiled like kind of like one of those things like, I kind of like this kid, you know? Yeah. No, he's good. It would be fun to have him on the show for sure. What's his name? Quinn Mitchell? Quinn Mitchell. All right. Quinn the Eskimo. Get him on here. Need to know news. I said, oh, Lord Jesus, it's a fire. News you need to know. I got bronchitis. Ain't nobody got time for that. I believe the children are future. Teach them well and let them lead the way. By which we mean bring them on a podcast and let's exploit them. Interesting. Uh, okay. Uh, this is an interesting story. I've actually had this one sitting in my coffers for uh, several rounds. We never get to it, so I want to get to it today. Uh, we talk a lot about music on this show, uh, and some of our favorite bands come up a lot. Metallica, Pearl Jam on my side. Uh, Nick Reynolds, what, uh, what shirt are you wearing today on this fine podcast for anyone who's listening only? It's a DMB, Dave Matthews Band. Nick's a proud supporter of the Dave Matthews Band. Indeed. Uh, our own cousin Brewski, though, has a, uh, a widely held opinion of uh, what DMB fans are. Brewski, remind the audience. What do you, what, what's your uh, stereotypical image of Dave Matthews fans? They're hippies for the weekend. They're, you know, they, 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 want, they want to just be hippies for the weekend, but then go, go back to work on Monday wearing their regular clothes and everything like that you know it's just what number uh what number of uh show are you on how many of you shows have you been to <laughs> i'm not trying to start i don't have you. to go to the, you know are you kidding me i would rather stick knitting needles in my ears than go to a dave matthews show absolutely you haven't even ever been dude how could you say that because i don't even like the music i mean I, you I haven't have heard one, it i i have two what have you heard I heard Can Under you the Table the and Dreaming, singles, the entire right. album, because when I first came out, I had a roommate who played that incessantly, nonstop. And how many times have I heard Crash and a lot of the other stuff, too? I can never I, understand I, this, by the way. Like, somebody who says, like, there's certain bands that I understand you don't love them, but you, I, I don't understand you could say, like, the Rolling Stones just suck. Like, Dave Matthews. I, don't, I love the Rolling Stones. No, I'm trying to make an example of somebody oh. who writes good music. The Rolling Stones, like, they write good music. It may not be your cup of tea, but I don't understand someone who would say just they suck. Same with Dave Matthews. Like, there's nothing... It's just, 
there's just there's just some bands there's no that, novelty about it or trendy it's just no, you know what it is it's, there's just some bands that you hear and you just get an awful reaction and and that's what it is for me with were you molested with that album playing or something where does no it's just it's just it just doesn't it's just uh, them you know another one that is actually even worse than than that is that gets me really sick let's Mum, mumford and sons <laughs> holy what are we talking about here? Mumford and Sons and Dave Matthews Band, dude? I mean, wait, wait, this is no comparison. Why would you put them in the same category of unlistenable I'm not, music? I'm, not, I'm saying that I get a bad reaction from them. I'm not Why? saying other what, people What's with the modern adult acoustic rock that bothers you so much? You brought up Ray LaMontagne once. He's a phenomenal artist. Like, what is he? Oh, what do you no. Oh, my this? God. I can't even sit and listen to it. I've tried. <laughs> That's so funny. I've, I've tried because people are like, oh, this is a really great artist. You should give a listen to I just can't do it, man. Wow. Where do you think you can't do it? Is there any acoustic rock? Do you like acoustic Led Zeppelin, for example? Uh, Is that what it is? Is it like the mellow acousticness that you don't like? No, no, because I'll tell you what. Have you ever heard the acoustic version of Nutshell by Alice in Chains? Uh, I don't know that I have, no. Oh, my God. I I will tell you this. I mean, it brings a tear to your eye. It absolutely does. Dave has so a song about children dying. Maybe that'll make you cry. You'll like that. No, it's it, like I said. It's, <laughs> He's not it's willing not, to give it a chance, dude. It's He's not, not it's willing. Not every, it's not every. This you know what, Nikki? If you, Nikki, yeah. if you if you bought me a ticket to go with you to Dave Matthews Band and supplied yeah. me with all the booze and drugs I want and food I wanted for the weekend, yeah. maybe I would go. Wow. Okay. I don't want you to go, dude. I, I, I would kill myself before I went to a show with you, dude. It sounds like hey, the most depressing thing I've ever heard of hey, in listen, my life. Harness, Harness went, went to Pearl Jam with me, and we had a great time. Yeah, but you like Pearl Jam. I, I, I don't want to beg you to like someone who's talented and, and makes good music. If you don't like him, you, you don't like If you think it's good music, that's fine. It's just not my cup of tea. I don't know why it, doesn't, why it bothers you that I don't like him. No, it bothers. It, I don't even know that it bothers me, but I'm willing to fight with you about the fact that it just uh, uh, if you don't like somebody, that's one thing. But to think that, you know, all their listeners are douchebags. And I have a cousin. You know, I have a cousin who, who actually travels from here in Massachusetts to go to the Gord show. And I will tell you what him and his wife and I love him because he's family, but he's not somebody I want to spend a lot of time around. And they are insufferable. And and whenever you're around them, that's all you effing hear is Dave Matthews Band. No. Sorry, but I can't do it. You got a new friend in the making, Nick. Next there time you go. out to the gorge, you guys. I got the I got the wrong brewski, dude. <laughs> I got oh, the no, wrong no. brewski. Well, back to my original point. I love wine. You go up and want you to go like this, but uh, of course, in your image of the typical Dave Matthews fan, what ethnicity would they fall into? Who me or brewski? No, me, probably. I would say I would say Caucasian if I had if I had to if I had to guess. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, you so, know, I mean, I just, you know, I'm not not to say that there, I'm sure that there are people of many different ethnicities who go to go to that go to his shows. I'm quite sure of it, but I would say that predominantly it's Caucasian. Probably, Nick. What do you actually observe anecdotally as the uh, racial, you know, mix-up? I live in a very white town. You know, Tahoe skiing is a very white sport, and when I see a black guy in this town, he stands out. I'm like, oh, hey, black dude, that's cool. So, at Dave Matthews shows. What, what's the ethnic breakdowns that that you see? Uh, people of color don't stand out there. I mean, there's enough people of color who attend the shows, uh, black and brown people that, uh, that you don't be like, Oh, wow. He likes, he likes Dave too, but (laughs) there's definitely more white people there than people of color. And I think it would be safe to say that is the stereotypical assumption of Dave Matthews fans. Sure. uh, Dirty white college kids or whatever, (laughs) you know, or. Uh, older hippies now but so i found this article on nbc news uh, like i said this came out actually a few weeks ago and i keep uh, just meaning to get to it um this is from uh quincy washington Ooh. Uh, decades ago it was a rarity to spot a black face amongst the hundreds of white concert goers at a dave matthews show fish or the grateful dead uh now it's common to see a sprinkling at least of black people at these jam band events Little black kids sport band T-shirts and black couples pull up to venues and cars covered in band decals and bumper stickers and they fit in right at home. Uh, let's see here. Uh, quote, it's uh, uh, I like dancing to the music and screaming my lungs out, says this uh, 15-year-old kid. It was at the latest, or I'm sorry, it was at the last show of the DMB's annual three-night stint at the Gorge Amphitheater in Washington. Woo! 
Our own Nick Reynolds was there in attendance for those shows. So the point of this article is these uh, jam bands are uh, uh, known for their dedicated cult-like followings with loyal fans traveling from show to show during tour seasons, rarely showering. I added that, sorry. Uh, eager to attend <laughs> as many concerts as possible. Uh, but yeah, the point of this article is that there is a uh, ever-increasing year-to-year number of minorities that are really getting into Dave Matthews, Fish, The Grateful Dead. Uh, all I can say is, is you know, uh, the, the Dave Matthews band anyway has, uh, you know, people of color in the band and have always had people of color in yeah. the band. So yeah, that's a very fair point. How, what's the ratio, actually? Back in the original days uh 50 50 almost right white guys to black guys uh yeah 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 back in the original days but even now i mean you uh there's three there's three black guys in the band consistently and i guess there's it's still 50 50 pretty much i guess so the uh, the audience is catching up to the racial diversity of the band itself so right. fish is all white dudes, obviously. Grateful Dead, as far as I know, it's all white guys nowadays. But uh, I think they do have uh, now that they're dead in company. I think they do have some people of color that play with them from time to time. Uh, and we're not just talking about John Mayer. I hear he's black below the waist. <laughs> Otherwise, he I have is. no idea how he keeps getting so many hot women. <laughs> he actually just had a show um, last week here in Boston at, at the Garden. And I will tell you what, uh, I was amazed. It was wall-to-wall women uh, on Causeway Street, which is right in front of the garden. And I'm talking, well, I mean, it had to have been, if I had to guess, probably 95% women uh, to men going into that show that night. Yeah, I bet there were some honeys out there, dude. Oh, there were, absolutely. Uh, I, uh, I watched the show that you're talking about, and it was a really good show. <laughs> I dig John Mayer. I don't love him, but uh, the women sure as hell do. He did get Jennifer Aniston at one point. Anyone who can achieve that. And it's a testament. I I was just telling somebody the other day that uh, these things hanging on my wall over here, guitars, still getting me laid. I'm 47. Women just freaking love a guy that can pick up a guitar. And if you can sing, oh, boy. I don't know that that's true, dude. I don't know. I don't know that you're telling the truth right now. Listen, you're telling me without that guitar that you wouldn't be boning right now? I think it would be significantly harder. With uh, who? Your girlfriend? With every woman I've ever been with, basically. I mean, when I didn't get laid until I got into a band, and then it was women, you know, extravaganza. Sure. Yeah. Life when we first but, started dating. The girl I taught guitar in Seattle that I was hitting on. Like, I mean, you know, there's, oh, yeah. But at this age right now, oh, yeah. you don't think that you would have the numbers of poon that you have had without those guitars? Uh, it would be like saying, could Mike Tyson win a fight if he had a broken wrist? Maybe, probably. He could probably still pull it off. Sure. But when he's got both guns going, it's a, it's a no contest. It's a panty dropper. Oh, you take that guitar out. Let me tell you, every woman I've ever been with. And it's not like I'm putting up some front. I really do play. I really do love it. But man, you take out the guitar. I mean, I mean, the Hindenburg (laughs) used to require me to bring it with me whenever I would go see her. Um, really? yeah, even Dottie recently has been like, it's been a few weeks since you play guitar for me. <laughs> like they love it. So is it uh, answer me this, dude, is it uncomfortable playing one on one for them? Like staring at them and playing? Um, no, is the short answer. I mean, I played in front of so many people that I just sort of go into my own little zone there. Um, but there's an element of that that can't that it's a thin line between being cheesy and great. Right. Yeah. So I always tell everyone and I think I've said this on the show before, like I'm not a jukebox. Don't I, I'm not playing oh, requests. Yeah. Yeah. I will pick up the guitar and I'll play. I'll play something I wrote or something I've been fooling around with uh, and just let me play. And doing that, I'm totally comfortable. If somebody was like, I want to hear my favorite Beatles song. Like, I'm not, no, this is not karaoke night. Like, it's not what I'm here for. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense, dude. That makes sense. Yeah. And I'll play for a few minutes or 30 minutes. I mean, I don't know. I just get in the zone and just have a little fun. And yeah, I mean, yeah, women love it. <laughs> you should have women dance nude for you while you're playing. I mean, I've, I've had just... them laying next to me nude before while I'm playing. Oh, that's happened many oh. times. So, yeah. Oh, nice. That's something, dude. Yeah. I I told this to my son recently who's learning how to play guitar. Like, dude, (laughs) guitar is awesome. It's fun. It's, you know, it's creative. It's really going to help you with women, though, let me tell you. (laughs) (laughs) He He kind of rolled his eyes. Yeah. He rolled his eyes. I said, you give it a little time. Don't worry. 
<laughs> you know why he rolled his eyes? Because it's it's your dad telling you that. Like if if your if a buddy told him that, he'd be like, "All right, cool." But I mean, nobody right. wants to talk to their dad about that kind of stuff. Probably not. But I'm that dad that'll slip it in there. Just telling you, there's many strengths to learning to play guitar, son. That's all. So. Yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, and you'll see a bunch of black people at Dave Matthews shows now. That's my point. We're diversifying everything in this world, including our jam bands. So. Fantastic. This is need to know news. News you need to know. Hello, Americans. This is Paul Harvey. Stand by for news. Hey, dude. Uh, when I pulled this, thank you. Uh, when I pulled this story today, I was like, oh, man. I was we pulling t- the old story earlier too. Are we talking about masturbation? No, dude. (laughs) When I pulled the story from the news cycle, uh, I thought to myself, I seriously couldn't remember if we had talked about it on the show yet or not. And then I thought to myself, I'm terrible that I wouldn't remember a story we've talked about on our show. But I guess I'm terrible today. I got to ask, dude, have we talked about that, too? I did that to you like a month ago. I told you that Neil wanted us to talk about her seeing Biden here in Tahoe. And you were like, dude, we talked about that, too. Oh, that's right. (laughs) I was like, we did. (laughs) (laughs) So Uh, have we talked talked about Laura Trump in the last week or two? I don't think so. No, no, we have not. I I know. No, we haven't. All right. Well, I'm going to talk to you about Laura Trump then, who is Eric's Eric Trump, the the bastard of the, the Trump family's the uh, dumb one. Wife. And that sells you a lot when you call you're called the dumb Trump. <laughs> yes. Uh Laura Trump is uh I don't know. I get, I I have a hard time calling her a musician, but I suppose she's a musician and uh she's got a song that was just released on the charts. The black people come to her shows. I doubt it very, very much. Uh, I don't like hearing you call her a musician, by the way, but go ahead. I know. That's what I said. I I don't know what else to call her. She tries to play music. A singing artist, maybe? I don't even know. A singer? A musical wannabe? I don't know. That's probably, That's probably the best description. Yeah. Uh, are on tour this summer, so check them out. Uh, yeah, I would put her in the same core, category as Corey Haim. Yeah. Uh, and the song she has released is a cover track, and it just kills me that she even covered the track. Are you ready? No, but go ahead. <sighs> Already just... It's blasphemy, dude. Poor Tom Petty rolling over in the grave right now. Right, because Tom Petty, before he died, was notorious for saying, like, don't play my music at Trump rallies. I don't want to play it. I don't give permission. Blah, blah, blah. And she sounds terrible. Is that singing? I don't even know what that is. What would you, how would you describe it, Brewski? You know, that's worse than when I was singing on karaoke with the cousin. And that's, that's saying a lot. Would you rather see Dave Matthews or Laura Trump live? You better answer this right. You'd Can rather see... No, no, no. Come on, dude. This is not a hard okay, question. Wait, 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 don't wait, wait, hurt wait, us. Wait, wait a second. Wait a second. You're telling me that nobody at a Dave Matthews band show... Is on like mushrooms or anything? Oh sure, sure they are. We're saying well. you have to watch them sober. So if you have to watch Dave Matthews sober or Laura Trump, who are you going to go see? Come on, just just kill me. Oh, oh my god! You you take death <laughs> rather than see him at a concert, dude? I have a hard time believing. That. Okay, as many drugs as you want for either of them. Now, who are you going to go see? Well, I'll go see Dave Matthews, but uh, but I'll tell you what, this would be hilarious uh, on the on drugs to hear her, you know. Well, that might be a fair point. Actually. And, and could I, and could I throw tomatoes at her too? That would really be fun. Of course. What the hell, man? She covered a Tom Petty song. That's She's terrible. Not. And she Cover- really does not sound. I'm not trying to just be a dick about it. She sounds terrible. Yeah, well, right. Did, I think she did it because they told because Tom Petty's estate sent them a cease and desist letter because. Trump was using that song at yeah, his rallies. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I, you can I cover anything. No, but yeah. the thing about it, I think she did that song in particular uh, out of spite. Mm. And, 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 and I wouldn't put that past Trump to, to get her to do that or for her to be like, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to do this, you know, F them, you, you know? Yeah, oh, that hurts me. 
Laura Trump, uh, like I said, who's married to Trump's second son, Eric, released this cover of Tom Petty's uh, Won't Back Down, uh, debuted at number 10 on Billboard's digital song sales chart this week, beating new music from the Stones, U2, and Lady Gaga. This is what that country artist was referring to a couple episodes back. Marin Morris. Exactly, Steve. Yeah. She said she's quitting because people are getting tried in a small town. All these, they're doing it out of spite. They're not, yes. they're doing it to stick it to the libs, not because it's good music or anything else. It's just a political protest. And that disgusts me that she would debut on any chart. Uh, but you know what? She, Laura's not happy with what has happened. Um, uh, uh, despite the apparent success in those charts, the song and its singer have been plagued by controversy since the release. Uh, what could it possibly be? The track was originally released on Apple Music, but a few days later, Laura and Eric accused the platform of shadow banning her. According to the couple, Apple Music and Spotify have buried the song way down, and they believe Laura's connection to the Trump's family is to blame. Sadly, she said, it's to be expected with her last name. I wish I was surprised, but I'm not. I haven't contacted Apple Music because I'm leaving that to my music producer. But it's obvious to everyone what's happening. My song doesn't even come up as an option for people. Why Are you searching it on Spotify? Yeah, I am. Here it is. No, I mean, it's it's probably 10 selections in, but it, it came up under I Won't Back Down. Okay. Yeah, so I don't know. Uh, she's not happy, and she's saying her musical producers are going to look into this a little deeper and see what's going on and why it's not a, even a bigger hit than it already what, is. What you a Trump what I mean? she is. We're looking into this. There's something going on. Conspiracy. <laughs> it's rigged. Yeah. And now uh, Tom Petty's estate is uh, going after her, saying this is in the same spirit of Trump playing this at his rallies. You know, you're doing it for the same reason. Yeah. So, uh, verbally they've gone after her they're waiting to see if legally the estate will go after her they can go after her for royalties i'm sure but you can't stop somebody from covering a song you can mm. just make sure they're paying you know royalties to you but you can't tell someone they're not well when you're an artist and you tell trump you cannot play that at your rallies or whatever yeah. how does that's that work your, well that's your recording you're like you have uh, ownership over I your see. own property so the tom petty or his estate can say you cannot play the tom petty version of i won't back down that's ours we own the rights to it but I anyone see. can cover the song and if they want, you can cover any song. And if you publicly perform it, there's no royalties due. That's why every band in America plays cover songs. But if you record it, produce it, and sell it to distribute it, you All can right. still do it. But you're on the hook for royalties guaranteed. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens, you know. But, uh, yeah. Uh, fade away into obscurity to, like, all this spiteful hit single crap that we're seeing on the country <laughs> charts. And all that stuff. I don't hear, uh, you know, we were every which way we looked, we were hearing uh, Small Town, you know, try it in a small town. Yeah. That new Oliver Anthony song, uh, Richmond, North of Richmond, we were hearing. Uh, yeah, it's got a month or two. Yeah, all those songs spiked and then they fell off the charts because there was nothing sustainable about the hit. A real right. hit stays on the charts for weeks or months because people sure. are continuing. But when there's just spike buying, like everyone spikes in that first week or two and then it's done. So Yeah, exactly. So Speaking of being done, we should probably- We got to be done ourselves, dude. Yeah. Well, uh, thanks for coming to the show today, guys. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> I appreciate <laughs> it. I, I needed a, to hear. Pleasure. Oh, hey, you know what? I got to say this as we leave, all right? Because if I don't say it now, it'll be too late. Suzanne Summers, Chrissy. I mean, come on, dude. She passed away. She's no longer with us. Those are the first uh, blondie boobies I remember at really tuning in to TV for when I was a kid. Absolutely. Three's Company was one of my favorite shows as a kid. I can't fathom that show ever existing nowadays where the main male character pretends to be gay. And what was even the premise of that show? The landlord wouldn't let a guy live with two girls? Like, what landlord has that sort of control oh you believe me dude you don't follow uh, the rules you don't pass the application dude i mean i'm sure it happened all the time it was southern california in the 1970s like i i never understood that basic premise but as a kid i just went with it oh he's got to pretend to be gay for some reason <laughs> think about booze and buddies dude it was a big problem back then yeah, well no with some buddies though that was a hotel that was just for women that was the difference that was a yeah. little better yeah a little right. better you're right 
But yeah, no, I love John Ray. I love Three's Company. And Suzanne Summer, yeah, I mean, she was spank worthy for sure. Yeah, I think Janet DeWitt from Joyce, uh, original Joyce DeWitt. Uh, Joyce DeWitt is the only one that's left from original cast of the three, I mean. Oh, okay. Uh, Richard, Richard Klein is still alive. Richard Klein still alive and looks fairly good. Uh, Larry. And uh, I think... Uh, uh, whoever stepped in for Suzanne Summers is still alive too. Oh, uh, Priscilla Barnes. That's right. Uh, no, that's classic. And we then Jenny her. Lee Harrison was was in the middle because she was Chrissy's cousin. That's and then, right. And then then they brought Terry the nurse on at the yeah, end. That's right. And then Bo and Luke moved into the third room at once. <laughs> <laughs> well, goodbye, goodbye. We wish you well in whatever world you've crossed over to, Suzanne Summers. She was Queen- the high master. Right, she was yes. the thigh master in more than one way. I'm sure there was some master <laughs> going on between my thighs. Thinking of her, there we go. It wouldn't be the vocal minority with the death, uh, death announcement if we didn't, you know, spice it up a little bit. Hey, that's the way to pay tribute to someone. When I die, please, to someone say, "Oh, I used to masturbate." Thank you of that guy. I'll be like, "Thank yeah. you." That, <laughs> yes. is my legacy. that is that is a legacy, dude. All right. The Vocal Minority with Nick and Steve Olabruski, our webpage online at thevocalminority.net. Until next time. Later, dude. Test one, two. Test one, two. Stop. Ladies and gentlemen, this is The Vocal Minority with Nick and Steve.